Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Are you curious about non-disclosure agreements? Otisha Emmons joins me to explore some legal aspects of voiceover. With over 20 years of previous legal experience as a litigation paralegal, Otisha provides solid analytical and research skills through her writing that educates on business ethics for her clients. Also a voiceover artist, Otisha's legal background makes her the ideal guest to discuss this fascinating area of the business. This episode is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or replace consultation with your own legal counsel. Welcome to the show, Otisha. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. And hello to the Vox Talks listeners. I hope you enjoyed today's topic. Oh, this is so much fun. Thank you, Atisha. So before we jump into the non-disclosure agreements, which I know we are totally <laughs> going to do and everyone's going to love us uh, because they're so confusing and complicated and, and you know, there's some mystery. Um, I'd just like to share a bit more um, about your role as a, a litigation paralegal. I know that that's something in your background. Um, for those of us who are not as familiar with legalese and, and certainly, um, you know, don't understand all the aspects of, of this part of the business, which is why we're, we're doing this episode today. Can you explain to us what a litigation paralegal is and, and how this informs how you're able to do what you do when you're looking at agreements? Sure, sure. So to get started, um, I first want to open, if you don't mind, with my disclaimer. And okay, so because I just want to make sure that we're all clear, all on the same page. I am not a licensed attorney. I am a litigation paralegal. So that means I cannot provide legal representation. My commentary today will be based solely on my experience and knowledge of NDAs, being a litigation paralegal in various areas of law for over 20 years, and how I'm able to thread it into what I do today as a voiceover artist. So if you need any assistance, as Stephanie just stated, beyond what will be discussed today, please consult with a licensed attorney. And OK, so having said that, <laughs> um, a litigation paralegal, let me kind of backtrack. Paralegals are varied in, in numerous areas of law. But a litigation paralegal, they are considered the rock stars of the paralegal world. So it's a role that kind of puts paralegals in the thick of the action. So we support lawyers in evidence discovery, um, researching case law, and retaining expert witnesses. We prepare cases for trial. We spend numerous hours prepping and um, in the courtroom. So uh, sometimes litigation paralegals are, they, they are the right hand uh, to the attorneys in terms of exchanging and uh, in, in keeping exhibits and documents organized. And we have to always be ready to present at the precise moment uh, when needed to punctuate an argument or sway jurors. So um, for high stake trials that are determined by specific details and comprehensive knowledge of uh, the law and the precedent. Lawyers, they need to stay focused in trying these cases, and they demand some of the very best trained paralegals to assist them. So there is a huge difference between a paralegal that perhaps may work in, let's say, personal injury uh, versus a litigation paralegal who is working on an insurance defense case. It's, it's, a, it's a, not a huge difference. I would just say that we just do a little bit more 
And like I said, we are a very needed added component to assisting the attorney in the courtroom. Wow, that is really, really awesome. <laughs> like I'm just thinking about all the, <laughs> the knowledge and the attention to detail and, and the focus and oh my goodness. So when it comes to these wordy legalese, um, you know, just documents, uh, non-disclosure agreements have got to be on the top of the list for what talent encounter on a regular basis. Uh, you know, should they be in that position to be given one? Obviously, that would mean that either you've been hired or, or maybe you're auditioning for something that's completely under wraps and you can't talk about it. So the non-disclosure agreement itself. Can you explain what that is? Sure. So when we talk about um, non-disclosure agreements, we want to be careful in how um, we understand non-disclosure agreements because they come in various forms. So non-disclosure agreement, let's just do, a, I guess, a, a generalized definition. So it is a legally binding contract that prevents a person, in this case, talent, from receiving or sharing confidential information outside of the guidelines of the agreements. So in other words, NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, encourage everyone to keep a secret. So uh, everyone uses NDAs. So you have from big corporations to attorneys uh, in, in implementing legal settlements to HR, let's say when hiring new employees, down to a everyday person that is exchanging goods for services. So anytime you have secrets, and I'm using that word again, that need to be protected, and if exposed, it could threaten the integrity of your project, your production, or the profitability of your business overall. So putting an NDA in place can be a great way to do it. Yeah, because we're just thinking about all these commercials and upcoming films and, and anything that is kind of like you don't want your competitors to know what you're up to. You also don't want the public to know necessarily what you're up to before the, the product or the service or, or that commercial, that trailer, that whatever it might be. I'm just thinking voiceover world, the language we're using. Oftentimes these come up with, with big brands that have a, a new um, soft drink, let's say, or they've got a, a new item on their menu, or, or uh, perhaps there's a, a, a new film coming out, or, or there's, there's a lot that goes on in a company where you do need to make sure that timing is right for when messaging is released. And and I think that that's part of what NDAs do help to protect. So thank you for sharing a bit more about why, you know, someone might be using an NDA and, and also, you know, who is using them, big to small corporations, anybody really. Another question that I know is on the top of everyone's mind is how long am I engaged in an NDA for? Like, do they ever end? When can I talk about this? Or can I never talk about this? Well, you can talk about it. <laughs> but I think the best way uh, to have that green light is to be clear on uh, the client's instructions, their, their rules that are put in place. So NDAs are put in place for years to months and for some permanently. And to be more specific, sometimes when you are hired for a role, there are some projects where the company won't even allow you to even connect your name to the project. So, and they do that because sometimes the talent may be connected to some very uh, sticky situations. So, they try to m ensure that everything is protected. So there, there will be times where you will come across a project 
and you are not even allowed to mention your name with the, the project. And it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, it's just that they want to ensure the, the, the production, want to ensure that it is one, it's, it's a one-way street. It's, it's tracked directly to what is being worked on. And that's the production in and of itself. They don't want to get caught up in to um, who's doing the project, you know? So uh, I guess a good example would be, uh, let's see, a a project that has very strong proprietary information and they want to include you, but at the same time, they want to make sure that you're not being overshadowed by the project in and of itself or the production in and of itself. Does, does that make sense? I, th- I think so. Um, I like. <laughs> I think a lot of talent are just like, I know these exist and, and they are just dying at times to tell people that I'm in this show or I'm doing that or so-and-so signed me. And, and they're like, but I can't say anything. And, and <laughs> that could be kind of like um, a strange tension to walk in for a talent, right? Because you're feeling like you have this great news that you want to go shout off the mountaintop but you can't because you're being told, well, this is something that we need to keep under lock and key, at least for however long. So um, I understand that they're there to protect people and definitely the companies and what they're trying to do, because that's just like it's part of business and and how they go about uh, just working. Right. Because there are a lot of competitors out there and challenges and, and market aspects as well to consider, I'm sure. So what does it look like then for a talent to honor that NDA? Like we've talked about just, you know, follow what the instructions are, but how often is it that these instructions are so clear that the talent knows exactly what they should be doing? Well, an NDA in any case, it, the talent keeps in mind that your responsibility is to protect the integrity of the business. Of course, the business in and of itself is going to make sure that they're going to do that. Um, Sometimes, for example, you may get a casting notice and they won't be as detailed in terms of when you should even mention. I believe in those scenarios, they entrust the talent to be professional and to be respectful of what's going on because one small move can destroy a project. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes um, and we don't know what goes on with the negotiations. And so there is an, sort of like a, I would, I would, it would be fair to say an unspoken rule that the expectation to be that professional that has the integrity and the patience to wait before you expose what it is that you're working on. I know that when you first start out in the industry or with any job, but for purposes of voiceover talent, it's exciting, you know? So you want to, you you do want to share, but I believe that the grooming comes in time and you learn especially once you have had exposure with working on um, a project, probably like in a live studio, or even if you work on a set, you know, to see what goes on around you, it it, kind of humanizes that it is more than just a project. It's more than you just putting your your name behind 
um, you know, uh, the product. And once you see all the inner workings of what it takes to make a production come alive, well, at least for me, I can't speak for anyone else, but it makes you appreciate and you want to respect, you want to be respectful because those things are attached to future opportunities. And when your clients like you, they want other clients to like you, which means referrals. So why would you not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hold yourself to the promise that you're going to keep that secret? I keep using the word keep that secret because I think that that is a very clear and direct way of understanding what an NDA is. Just stay quiet until the client says, okay, have at it. <laughs> so um, for me, what it looks like is just not only protecting your future as a voiceover talent um, with the possibility of open doors, but also presenting yourself in a, in a very professional manner and letting that client know that you are dependable and you are responsible and that you're not anxious, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, I think it, in my definition, that's what it looks like to, to be a guardian over the projects that you, that will come across. I love that to be a guardian, right? To, to protect something. I think when you shift your perspective and you think about it more as you are protecting something, then it isn't so much about, you know, I want to I don't know, like, for, it's usually a selfish reason where someone would say, <laughs> I want to go tell everybody I did this and I, I want to pump myself up. And, you know, but this this aspect of, of what voice sound do and largely a lot of what voiceover work is, is 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 behind the scenes. And it, it requires humility. Um, this requires just putting someone else ahead of yourself and thinking of others and and really just understanding, well, what is my role in this? And, and how am I going to not only honor what is being asked, but, you know, how, how does my behavior and my approach to this and my perspective, especially, how does that shape future opportunity. So that mm -hmm. that is a great takeaway. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I I recall working on a product um, or a project, if you will. And it was overwhelming for me. Um, it was and this was I actually had to go to a specific location. So it was um, not just me sitting behind a microphone, you know, in my studio doing the audition, but me physically being there it was a little bit intimidating because the client was there and it had to be over 20 staff members who um, had to work together to put this project into completion. And it was a little bit intimidating, but because I had a couple of projects underneath my belt already, it made it a little bit more adjustable. But when I saw that the actual client was there, it made me kind of you know, sit up straight a little bit more. And when also another thing I want to bring to your attention is that when you are in the booth and you have to keep in mind that your time is very important to the client, your time and, and what you give to that particular project through your voiceover acting um, is money. Time is money. So you don't want to go into the booth and, and, and you're so filled with excitement. Like you want to focus, you want to go in and get the job done. And the responsibility continues outside, like beyond 
when you're done with the project, it continues beyond the scope of you just actually voicing the project. Because again, I will say time is money. So these things um, that take place while you're voicing a project, it goes beyond you actually being, you know, the actual time that you will spend in the booth. And what I mean by that is, let's just say something did not clear well when you're voicing the project and it got overlooked. Well, they have to either call you back in or you can, you know, do the retake from your own personal studio. These things continue. So it, it, it doesn't stop after you finish. Again, the project in and of itself, it takes on another chapter. Um, if I can kind of scale down what I'm saying, that long after you finish voicing the project, post-production, it is still ongoing. So you cannot, it's important again to honor that NDA because something might come up. And so these things are still being built, if you would, it's still timing. Um, and if you are overly excited to blurt out what it is that you worked on and something like I just um, explained pops up, that could be detrimental to the, pro to the project, um, to the client, and most importantly, to you as a voiceover talent, because you've already put it out there and it's just not, it's, it's not feasible for anyone. So again, you have to, the talent's participation is, is strictly an exchange of goods and services. But beyond that, you have to still carry the torch of accountability. Even though your job is done, so far as you think it's done in the studio, you know, you stepped out of the booth, you're, you're on your way home, you're having that smoothie or whatever, uh, but you know, you're, you're still in play. This yep. is still happening. This is, there's post-production going on. There's all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. There's ad placements, there's whatever. And anything could happen where they could call you back in and, and really that NDA, it's in place until they tell you it's not Exactly. Right? If a client um, who someone did sign an NDA with decides one day to say, hey, would you like to do a success story? Talk about this. Or we've got this radio station. They want to they want to talk to the talent who did the spot for this. Then that would be, I would say, a very clear indicator that you are now free to talk about it. Like, yes. Would that be fair if the client themselves is is either talking about this, involving the talent in some kind of behind the scenes, let's talk about this, like for a DVD um, trailer, you know, like sometimes they'll show, oh, here's what it was like in the studio and here's this and that. And, and you'll get extra pieces of the puzzle that you didn't have before. At the client's invitation, then um, that should be okay. I'll say this. Once it's out there by the client, you have the freedom to follow suit. But if they haven't put it out yet, just stay quiet. Just don't do anything. Because again, you don't know the intricate details that go into play. And so in order to protect yourself and again, protect the integrity of the project overall, it's just good to wait whether you have some extra, whether the, the, the client has extra things that they want to add. But if I'm understanding you correctly, you said, so you're, you're, you gave the example of what happens after the first I guess the initial project is completed and they want to come back and, and do like a B-roll, if you will. <laughs> I have some some background experience being on camera too. So I have experience where a client may want, us, want me to record 
some B-roll takes, some extra lines. And even though the initial project has been completed, I know for me personally, I it's just always good to just wait. I, I, I can't really speak on I can't dance around it. it's just you just have to wait <laughs> yeah you it's, have just, to it's wait. just safe to wait 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 yeah and the same and just thinking about because the next place talents minds often go when a spot is out in the wild they're like can I put it on my demo can I use this um, you know as a sample to promote my voice and and it always goes back to you need to get permission from the client if you're going to use client work that you did yes you did it it's your voice and I know in audition sounds like it's my intellectual property it's my audition and it's like yeah but the client's copy is what you're reading <laughs> so it's kind of confusing in that sense of talent don't understand and I know that it's not something we had talked about before obviously when we're preparing for this interview but but I, I would say that anything that you're reading that belongs to somebody else um, is theirs <laughs> you know even if you're performing it for an audition or whatever you can't go and use that in some other way without their permission right Right. So, um, again, I just keep coming back to that one word, wait, <laughs> just wait. I think it's a good experience for everyone um, in this industry to have uh, on-site exposure. And what I mean by that is actually going into the studio and getting to see all the inner workings. It, it just makes it a little bit more real. Right. So if they've shared it on their social, I think it's still, and correct me if I'm wrong, still probably wise to say, hey, can I share this and say I was the voice? Because exactly. just because they shared it, like they're proud. That's their work. That's what they wanted to put out there. But that doesn't necessarily mean they want the whole cast and crew saying, here's my name added to the credits. Right. And and it goes back to what I said earlier, the example that I gave um, with some companies not wanting your name associated with the project. So to, to make sure, it's still wise to reach out. Brilliant. So I know that we've talked a lot about someone else's legal agreements that they might show a talent and, and how they're to work with those. But is there ever a need for talent to develop their own legal agreements with a lawyer? Yes. I wanted to kind of <clears throat> kind of take a turn with that. Depending on a type of NDA that's put in place and the actual project that you're working on, um, there are different types. You need to be clear when putting an NDA in place, your position. There's three types of NDAs. The first one is unilateral. And that means you, the talent, agree not to disclose information. Um, mm. does, that, that, does that make sense? Um, of course, it's, it's their work, right? It's, it's, exactly. They, they own it. That's why they can share it, right? Exactly. So there are three types of NDAs, unilateral, bilateral, and multilateral. More than likely, as the voiceover talent, you will be operating under the unilateral. Again, as I stated, you, the talent, agree not to disclose any information. But again, the client doesn't necessarily have to agree. They can disclose it, but you can't because it's their work. Number two, bilateral. That means both parties agree not to disclose each other's information. So if you ever come across a situation where you are trying to, like the question that you just posed to me, where you need to draw up something of, with your attorney, I believe that this would be the best area in terms of NDA constructing that would 
uh, need to take place. So you're both agreeing. And then the last is multilateral. So you have more than two people who are coming together to create an NDA, but at least one of the involved parties need to disclose information. So for example, that person that has the license to say something, they're doing it to say, pitch for a television series. Agents are kind of in this particular area. A lot of times the multilateral NDA area. Okay, so in the example of multilateral, where you're using more than just two people, and I'll just stay on the example that I had given of an agent, you as the talent will have to, you know, honor the NDA. You can't say anything. And maybe, uh, let's say, production to a certain point, but the agent, they have to pitch for a television series or like a global commercial, um, because again, this is bigger than you just voicing something. And and I speak on this particular example because the more you evolve in your voiceover career, you're going to be doing, hopefully, <laughs> you'll be doing more larger scale projects such as television series or even a movie. So it would be helpful to secure an attorney, your agent or talent manager should be able to assist you with that process. So understanding where you fall as a talent, as far as the different categories of NDA is extremely important. Right. So if talent are mainly going to be held under the unilateral agreement, as you've said, for non-disclosure agreements, then um, I think it's it's probably just safest to behave as if you're always under that because <laughs> like, I don't know, like, it's, yeah, it's great to go and talk about stuff. But honestly, like, you know, prudence and um, being discreet and that sort of thing, it does get people pretty far in business. It, it helps them to to build relationship and to keep relationships. So yeah. I appreciate everything you've said there. That is wonderful. So um, as a talent who is now looking over an agreement that they have received, um, how would we know if there are any red flags there? Like, is there something that you can highlight for us that would help the talent to know? Like, let's say they don't have um, counsel. They don't have a, someone, a manager, an agent they can go to. What are some things that we can look for um, to to know that this is actually in the best interest of the project and keeping the talent's best interest in mind, too? Okay, so if you ever come across a situation where the client puts in front of you an NDA, these are the five general components that you should see in an NDA. One, naming of the parties. So you want to make sure everyone name, you want to make sure that everyone's name is included. Number two, details of your obligations. So you want to be clear of the language. For example, you need to fully understand what the word confidential means and what it entails. So um, if there's something that comes up that you don't understand that's in that NDA, open your mouth and ask. It's, it's because you are going to eventually put your signature on that NDA. Uh, number three, the breach consequences. So NDAs often include a clause that states precisely uh, what way is effective and enforceable if the agreement is violated. So you want to also be clear of that um, because if you violate these um, 
the NDA details, you could face legal action from the client. So again, you want to make sure that you go through the breach consequences with a fine tooth comb to ensure that you are clear. And again, I can't stress enough. If you don't know, just ask. We're on number four. Yes. Dispute resolution. So sometimes um, talent, they will overstep their boundaries and not everything has to uh, be reduced to legal action. So in some NDAs, it will include an option. If you're found negligent in keeping the guideline of the agreement, there are additional resolutions. So for example, mediation or arbitration with the client. So you want to look for that. And last, uh, number five, the most important um, for me (laughs) uh, process is the signature. It's the most component, it's the most important component of your NDA. So without signatures, you don't have a binding agreement. So once you sign, you are stating that you are going to respect the terms of the contract. So make sure you are clear with all terminology um, in those other examples that I explained to you. These are the things that you should be looking for. Um, You'll find them in every uh, NDA contract. So if any of this basic information is missing or it doesn't align with what you discussed and agreed to, it can be modified with all parties consent again. So again, you want to make sure that everyone is on the same page. Um, And that just goes to being accountable and responsible and making sure that you are not only protecting the client, um, but you're also protecting yourself. So uh, most signatures of NDAs, they will come in the form of hard copy or electronic. So there are plenty of e-signature documents that you can construct for yourself if you are a talent and you're hiring somebody. That is another form of an NDA. Wow, there are so many of them. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like it's, it's a, this is exactly why people need to seek their own guidance and counsel from actual legal, you know, representatives, attorneys, uh, you know, lawyers. Um, so, yeah, everything you have shared is so important. Uh, it has everything to do with keeping the integrity of a project and also um, maintaining relationship and, and building your career, really, because when people know they can trust you, then they will hire you again. Yeah. And, and, and again, referrals, the, the magic word, <laughs> because you, you want to, um, you want to grow your, your, your business. It's, it's not a fly by night, um, activity. And, um, also I, I just want to make mention that <clears throat> in the NDAs, uh, let's say for example, if I am hiring someone to work on my personal project and I'm not going to hire an attorney to go through all that. Like, I, I just personally wouldn't do it. But the fact of knowing that there are other ways, like there are other e-signing documents out there, such as DocuSign, Adobe Fill-In Sign, PandaDoc, that has e-signing software where you can create an NDA for your particular client. So everything isn't so strict, straight and narrow for projects that you will create 
as a voiceover artist, which I do from time to time, I have DocuSign e-signing software in place for those that I want to hire to help me with my personal projects that are signed. And I do get them notarized so that if anything arises, then I will bring in an attorney. Fair enough. And I think everyone here is probably glad to hear that you do not need to have, you know, an attorney help you with every voiceover job that you book, because that would no. be ridiculous. And yes. that would be really expensive. It, it's really say. expensive. <laughs> it's probably not something you want to have on your, you know, your to-do list every day is, can I can I do this job? I better run it by someone first. Yeah. So the e-signing the, the e software is, is very helpful. Um, and just as added security, it's just wise to get it notarized because if something comes up, then, you know, we have uh, a platform where we can say, hey, you signed, I signed, there was a breach, and now we have to take it to uh, legal action. If it, you know, if, if, if it gets to that point, hopefully it won't. And as an artist, um, it's just, wise to know how they function, what areas they function in, and how how helpful and how beneficial it is to you and the client. So I think just understanding um, that it's nothing, you know, scary. It, it doesn't it doesn't put restrictions around you where you can't be excited about the projects that you work on. It's just being responsible and accountable. And everybody wants to make sure that their work is respected. Absolutely. So Tisha, what's the best way that people can get a hold of you or learn more about what you do? Sure. So um, I am, I'm I'm not on social media a lot. Um, I actually am just kind of working my way back in, but you can find me on LinkedIn under the name Voiceover Tish E. And you can also take me on a go. I have an app, Voiceover Tish E, and it's easy to access. Um, I'm available both in the Apple and Google Play stores. So you can download my app there. Be sure to turn on your note, be sure, I'm sorry, to turn on your notifications for alerts. You can listen to my demos, you can, you can schedule orders, or you can send a referral. Um, and yeah, so those are the two major platforms that I really work from. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know we've, we've learned a ton. I think there are going to be many, many people just, you know, not click and rewind. I know that's not a button anymore these days, but they're going to go back and they're going to find little bits and pieces of what you've said and just listen to it and share it with their friends. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And again, thank you to the Vox Talks listeners. Uh, I hope this has been helpful. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thanks again for being here and for listening to Vox Talk. A huge thank you to our special guest, Otisha Emmons, for sharing her expertise. If you found this episode helpful, just like what we said earlier, you got to share it with your friends. Now for Voices, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner. And on behalf of the whole team of Voices, we appreciate you oh so very much. And we look forward to spending more time with you again next week. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.